Good morning, Gateway Church. We are a growing family after God's heart, and uh, we like to have fun. When you come to church at times, you know, obviously, we know that, that uh, the Lord's Spirit is here, and He always does a great work in, in our hearts, and, and uh, there are times when, when He touches our heart with, with His joy, and uh, we smile. It's all right to smile, and I've had to kind of teach myself at times. You, you've heard me share this illustration before about looking at myself in a mirror one day. I didn't know I was, I was in front of this mirror. I was, I was sitting somewhere, and I looked up, and there was the mirror. And I went, oh, wow, man, really? <laughs> I mean, I'm not that great looking, but I could, I could at least smile a little more. And uh, every once in a while, I'm driving down the road, and I'll flip the, the rearview mirror down, and I'm, I'm just checking to see if I'm, if I'm grouchy or if i got a smile on my face. Regardless of what's going through, what we're going through in our lives, we can say, may the joy of the Lord be our strength. God, touch me with your joy. And may others who see us see the joy of the Lord. So I want to do something fun on the front end here. This doesn't look spiritual. It's not spiritual on the front end here, right? So we're just going to have a little fun. And so... You know, and I look out here, I don't know how many of you watch um, game shows, TV game shows, probably not many of us, because it's really a waste of time, you know. If you, if you watch them, all right, you know, forgive me that I said that. My dad, when he was in his late 60s, watched The Price is Right. I mean, every day. I mean, it's just like, Dad, really? Call him up from school, say, hey, Dad, how's it going? What are you doing? Well, I just won three cars this week. He would tell me. <laughs> How many cars he won? The first time he got me, I was going, what do you mean you want a new car? On well, the price is right. I'm really getting good at this. <laughs> so I have a list. I'll check it off, and you're going to help me with this list of the top 10 game shows that we've watched. Okay, so help me out. Name out one here. Help me out. What's that? Family Feud, yes, number four, checking it off. Somebody, let's over here, Will of Fortune. That is, uh, that is number ten. Number ten. We got to go quick though, right? Jeopardy. Jeopardy. That's number one. That's number one. A few more. Help me out over here. I know you watch them. Let's make a deal. Number seven. George, give me one over here. My, what's that? Deal or no deal. Yeah, number five. Wow, I forgot that one. Password, yep. Number eight. Number eight. We got a few more. Truth or consequence. Didn't make it. Shucks. That did not, that did not make the top ten that I looked at anyway. Yes, number nine. Who wants to be a millionaire? Okay. Nope. 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 Huh? Nope. Nope. New, oh, no, no. Yeah, yuck. <laughs> that one was, that, not that one, please. No. <laughs> All right, Price is Right. We said that one, didn't we? $10,000 pyramid, remember that one? Because $10,000 wasn't enough. Remember, that changed to 100000 And then Match Game. Did you say that? Maybe, that? maybe somebody did say that. All right, well, that's enough. We'll, we'll, we'll be done with that. 
Here's what I want to do real quick. I'm going to play my own version today of the game show Jeopardy by asking a question, and then I want you to figure out the answer, and then don't say anything to anybody, but when you figure out the answer on a bulletin, just want you to write that answer down on a bulletin. All right, if you have a pen or, or paper, or I should say a pencil or a pen or something, it's a riddle. It's a riddle today. So I'm going to start with who am I for $500, all right? Whoever that guy is, I ask. I, you know, I, hard, I hardly ever watch Jeopardy. And he repeats to me. Here it is. Here's what he says. Who am I? I'm easy to fall into and hard to climb out of. Who am I? I'm going to build my, my message around this statement because it's in this passage that we're going to read today. It's right there. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 6 through 23. I tried this out on my neighbor. I got building a, a great friendship with a neighbor of mine. And he always asked me, Paul, what, what are you preaching on this Sunday? It's like, wow. <laughs> so we're just, we're just sitting right there in the, in the driveway. And we go on walks together and we talk and share. And, and so I told him about Nehemiah. Chapter 4, verse 6 through 23. I told him the story. We're going to read the story. And I said, well, I'm going to give you a statement to my neighbor. I said, I'm easy to fall into, but I'm hard to climb out of. Who am I? No, don't say anything. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> You're cheating. You got to write it on the back. Sorry. And then he, he thought about it for, for a moment, and then he gave an answer. And it was, it was the, the right answer, but a right answer, but it wasn't the answer that I was looking for. I want you to think about this statement. Who am I? I'm easy to fall into and hard to climb out of. I'm going to read the scripture today. I don't have it on the, the screen. I just want to read it. If you want to close your eyes and listen, you can do that. We want to talk about the scripture, Nehemiah 4, verse 6. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. But when Sambalat, Tobiah, the Arabs, and the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem walls had gone ahead and that the, the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, verse 6, they were working with all their heart. Verse 10 they said the strength of the laborers is giving out and there's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemies said, before they know it or see it, we will be right there among them and we'll kill them and put an end to their work. 
The Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. And I looked over them. I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great, who is awesome. Remember him and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. From that day on, half of my men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand, held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us here, because this is what's going to happen. Our God will fight for us. So we continued the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came out. At that time I said to the people, have every man and his helper stay inside Jerusalem at night so they can serve us as guards by night and workers by day. Neither I nor my brothers nor my men nor the guards who were with me took off our clothes Each had his weapon even when he went for water. People were half complete. And at the halfway point, they they hit the wall that they were trying to complete. Hit a wall. They started to feel like they were losing. They bought the lie. This is where Here's what happens in my mind. They run against this brick wall. And then they run into the F100 series of Ford pickups right right there. It's just like, there they are. F100, fatigue. F200, frustration. F300, failure. That's what they believed. They believed the lie. Did you pick up on that when we read the scripture? They were successful up to the halfway point. They got fatigued. And then they felt like they were failing. And that's what the enemy wants us to feel like. And the big one, big diesel, F, is there a F400? Is, is there such a thing? 100, 200, or is it 150, 250? 450, okay. You know what it is? Paula knows. She works at the Ford dealership. (laughs) It's fear. It's fear. Let's look at the first one, fatigue. Loss of strength. 
Meanwhile, the people in Judah said what? The strength of the laborers is giving out. They worked hard. We're human frailty. We get tired physically and emotionally. We do. You can only go so long and work so hard before it starts taking a physical toll on our own bodies if we're not careful. We don't believe it because many times we're running on adrenaline. All of a sudden, when the adrenaline runs out, fatigue sets in. We're just plain worn out. Who am I? I'm easy to fall into and hard to climb out of, especially when I'm fatigued. Do you know? If you do, write it on your bulletin. When you're tired. What's easy to slip into? What's easy to say yes to? F200. It's frustration. Fatigue is when I lose my strength. Frustration is I'm losing my vision. They lost their vision of what could be. They couldn't see it anymore. They couldn't see the finish line, the finished product. When Nehemiah came and said, here's what we're going to do, they got excited. They started. We're going to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. It's going to happen. I'm going to take this gate. You're going to take that gate. We're going to get this job done. Then they got tired. And then they got frustrated. They lost their vision of what could be. They forgot that there would be singing and dancing and celebration that would come with this finished product. Did you notice what the people of Judah said in the latter part of that verse? There is so much rubble. The Hebrew word for rubble means dry earth, debris. We look around Nehemiah and all we see is debris, dirt, broken stones, hard, dried chunks of mortar. It's getting tiring. There's too much. Who am I? I'm easy to fall into and hard to climb out of when I lose my vision. Third F, failure. That's the loss of confidence. They became weary and disillusioned. The wall was halfway up, but rubbish was strewn everywhere, and they voiced their feelings. We're in trouble when we begin to put lots of words and we don't preface the words or after these words say, but I trust in the Lord. They, they verbalize it. They're, they focused on what? Not on the finished product. Not on what they had accomplished in the strength that God had given them. All of a sudden their focus turned from that to the rubble. There's too much rubble. It's all over the place. They were losing their confidence. In verse 6, they, 
They were working together with one heart. When you start saying, I'm never going to catch up or it's never going to get any better. You're slipping into a ravine. And it's easy to get into that ravine. It's hard to get out of it. We're going to talk next week about how do you get out of the pit. But today, we're giving each other a warning. Beware. Lastly, there's the loss of security. It's fear. Get what? Look at what they said, though. What did they say? We cannot rebuild the wall. Can't do it. It's like, well, wait a second. God helped you finish half of it. You can finish the other half. They said, no, we can't do it. Then they lost their security. Verse 11, fear. Also our enemies said before they know it or see it, we'll be right there among them. We'll kill them, put an end to their work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us what? They said this twice. No, they said ten times over. Wherever you turn, they will attack us. When you lose your strength, your vision and your confidence and your security, there's something that's real easy to fall into. You probably know who it is. Write it down, but I'm going to tell you here in just a second. Who am I? I'm easy to fall into and hard to climb out of. What is discouragement? What is discouragement? We all struggle with discouragement at some level. I know I do. But I want you to know that discouragement is beatable. But it's easy to fall into, especially when you feel like you're losing. Next week we're going to talk about how, did, how do I get out of the pit if I'm in it. Like I said, today's message is more of a warning. When there's a loss going on in our life, here's what you need to know. You need to beware that you're going to run right into or right on the heels of those feelings of loss. It's going to be the, the feeling of discouragement. Are you discouraged today? I want you to leave hopeful. I want you to leave encountering the God of all hope. If you're halfway through any project, something that, you know, God put on your heart, I want you to know that you're going to run into discouragement. The enemy's going to try to discourage you. Just know that. Half the battle is knowing that the enemy is going to come at me with this emotion and I'm going to be ready. Many of you know that we, we moved into a new or a different house. And uh, this is a whole process of 
of uh, things that occurred. And, and uh, Lord was moving us from a place out in the country. And uh, there was a number of reasons why we moved. And one of the primary reasons was that we wanted to, to get into the city. I know it sounds funny, but we were, we were out in the country. And now we, we moved into the city. Elk River, big metropolis, the city. It's like, when, when I say this, when I tell people that story, they go, wow, did you move to the Twin Cities? Or... And we just moved right down the road from, from here. And when we saw this house, we, we walked through it and... and and it was like, well, I don't, I don't think so. And then all of a sudden, we had a, we had a vision. Not, you know, God didn't like give us a vision, but we had a vision of what this could possibly look like. It fits the criteria of what we want to see accomplished in the lives of our boys, our twins. We wanted to to get them in a place where they could begin to interact more with people. And I'd be as isolated. And we thought someday we want to get them bikes. And once they get a bike, they can begin to, to gain some, of, some, some more independence. You know that our boys are special needs. Little, little guys are 15 years old. They're just looking up going, wait a second. I'm, not a, I'm, a, I'm a teenager now, right? And I want you to know that Ashton and AJ, they're right, right now they're taking notes. They take notes, and, and I'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. What is discouragement? What's easy to fall into and hard to climb out of? They're going to say discouragement. And so we, we saw the end product in our minds. You know, we got a vision for what this, what this house could be. And I thought, looking at it, okay, it'll work. The boys can, can go to the Y, to the, to the library, on their own, and this is going to be great for them. And all we have to do is knock down a couple walls. <laughs> That'll be easy. It's no problem. Then, you know, do a detached garage. What's the big deal on that? And then, you know, halfway in, guess what happened? It's like we hit this wall going... Oh my word! What you're too far in now to say? I don't. I want to go back. I want to go to back to where we were. It, it's just that. No, it's you're too far in, and the enemy tried to what? Bring the big F four hundred series into our lives. Fatigue. You start getting tired. You think, oh, I don't think we're going to get this thing done. Frustration, you, you, you start to lose the vision. A couple of weeks ago, because the Lord is fulfilling this vision, we got the boys brand new bikes. And, you know, they're just tooling around. We, we got it set up, one, one area where they can go now, and, and they're doing it. And we'll broaden that base later on. But prior to that, I was thinking, uh, I was losing. We were losing the vision. I'm getting a little frustrated. And then failure. It's like, this was the wrong move. What are you doing? And then fear. Loss of security. Well, what have we done? 
It's during projects like this, and you know, I'm just using a simple example in, in my own life. You know exactly what it feels like to slip into discouragement. And when that happens, here's what I want you to do. We're going to conclude with this verse. Remember the Lord. Verse 14, after I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is what? Great and awesome. I want you to underline that in your Bibles. He is great and awesome. This week, when you start to get discouraged, and it's going to happen, I want you to write this verse down. And I want you to meditate on it. It's from Isaiah, verse, chapter 40, verse 25. It's the Lord speaking. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. When you get discouraged, before you go to bed, it's dark outside, and it's a clear night. I want you to go outside and look into the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his great power. Nehemiah said, Don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his great power and his mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. This is a star. This is one of those stars that God created. Read that verse and then I want you to click on to the Hubble Telescope website and grab a star, all right? Take a star. Pick, pick any star you want in there. So I want you to remember how awesome and great God is. Man has given a name to this star. I forgot what the name is, all right? Slips my memory right now. doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter what name man gave the star because God already named this star first. Therefore, he what? He owns this star. This is his star. And there are trillions and trillions of stars like this and he named them one by one. And sometimes all we need to do is remember how great and awesome God is. When you slip into discouragement, So grab a star, read Isaiah 40, 25 and 26, get your own star, consider how how great God is, and then with that star in mind, I want you to read this verse, do you not know 
Verse 28, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. In his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak, just like the song, Cornerstone, that we were singing. He gives power to the weak because he's God. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Friend, listen now. As we come to a conclusion, listen. See that star? God doesn't love that star. He created that star to glorify him. He doesn't necessarily love that star. He loves you. He loves you. And if he could just speak that star into existence and give it a name, do you not think that he can give strength to you? He can. Don't let discouragement win. It's easy to fall in. I know. It's like I preach these messages and I think, God, I don't want to preach this message today on discouragement. Because I'm not the guy to do that. God, you got the wrong person. If, if I was just like sky high and just feeling great, oh man, and you got the right guy to preach this message. That would be the right guy who's just, you know, he hasn't slipped into the pit of discouragement. I mean, he's, he's riding high in the saddle. He's got more strength than he can imagine that would be the right guy to preach them the sermon, would it not, God? You're thinking, you have those, those conversations with the Lord? I do have those conversations with God. I talk to the Lord just like that. And he said, look at that star. I don't love that star as much as I love you. Paul. He's going, okay, God, I'm going to take you at your word. That you'll give strength to the weary, that you'll increase the power of the weak ones. Because I hope in the Lord, he will renew my strength. You and I, we will soar on wings like eagles. We will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not be faint. Consider how great and awesome God is. Lord, help us this next week 
when the enemy tries to push us down, tries to get us discouraged and lose our hope, help us stop, focus on you. Lord, help us read this this scripture, internalize it. God, I pray that the one today who, who needs hope, that you would grant to them hope, the gift, the outpouring of your spirit. In your name, amen.